Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We confess that we don't have all the answers, but as a community, we seek to find and follow Jesus and to discover daily the life he has always wanted for us. We hope this message will be encouraging and will inspire you to take the next steps on your spiritual journey. If we can help you in any way, please connect with us. The easiest way is through our website at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you on this uh, Christmas Eve Eve Sunday of 2023. And... Uh, we're in this series on making uh, Christmas fresh again. I think next week, Car- uh, Carol's going to be talking about fresh contemplation. Uh, this week, fresh joy. And I need to let you know that on this matter of making Christmas fresh, I actually have uh, some very rich experience in this particular topic. Um, a number of years ago, when I was pastoring in Calgary, uh, we had a Christmas Eve service, and uh, I was uh, in charge of uh, not leading it fully, but closing it out. And so at the end of the service, uh, we had, it was a large gathering, probably a couple thousand people were there. And uh, I had to say the final word. It was the Christmas candlelight. We're going to have one, 6 p.m. next Sunday. Uh, I was to give the final word because we had, in those days, candles. Now, some churches can't have candles anymore because of the fire, the fire marshal and stuff. So we, are we under the radar here? Is the fire marshal Okay. Yeah, we're lighting them up for real, and that's what we did. We had candles, and everyone had candles. So 2,000 people with candles, so we needed to give them very careful instructions. So my instructions were this. Um, You can now blow your candle out and make your way out. But that's not what I said. This is what I said. I said to the gathering there, you can now blow out your candles and make out. (laughs) So... That is not the type of fresh Christmas we're talking about. <laughs> I was expecting some high school students to come up and say, Pastor, were you serious about that? I mean, uh, that's, woo, that's, that's the best kind of closeout in a Christmas Eve service I've ever heard. You can go make out. Um, but I, we're, we're dealing with this theme of uh, Christmas and, in a sense, refreshing our sense of Christmas because uh, familiarity, there's an old saying we have, familiarity breeds contempt. I don't think... That's our problem with Christmas. Uh, but rather the problem is familiarity breeds familiarity. Um, I've, I was raised in the church. My father was a pastor for 50 years. Um, I was thinking the other day, when I was 33 days old, um, my mom and dad no doubt took me. The first week I was out of the hospital, I was in church. And that Christmas, I experienced my first Christmas. I don't remember it. Um, but for 60 plus years, I've I've been in Christmas concerts, I've been at Christmas pageants, I've been at Christmas Eve services, I heard my dad preach for many years on Christmas themes all through December. Uh, I pastored, and so I had to think every Christmas, like Tom does, okay, now what do we talk about this Christmas uh, that can bring this a a fresh sense of what this story is all about? And so the problem of familiarity is familiarity breeds familiarity. We, we just simply get used to the story. We hear it over and over and over again. And we begin to lose, I think, a grip. We begin to lose a deep sense of really what it is that happened 2,000 years ago when God became flesh. 
and came and, and pitched his tent right in the midst of his, his creation. We lose the sense of what that's all about. And I remember a, a theologian, I don't remember, I know his name, but he said a number of years ago, he sort of made a resolution. He said, be it hereby, here, be it hereby resolved that those of us of faith should forget what we know and have heard every three years. So as to, in a fresh way, open our ears and eyes to the wonder of the good news, of the gospel, of Christ being born in Bethlehem of Judea for us. Um, I know we can't do that. There's no uh, men in black pen that we can use to flash in your eyes to make your memory go away, and you then have fresh memory. But we're seeking in this, this series to provide us a fresh perspective. Uh, when you really take time with the Christmas story, as Matthew tells it, as Luke uh, records it for us, uh, Mark does not have a birth narrative. Uh, John does not have a birth narrative. They, they approach it differently. Mark jumps right into the story of Jesus' life and ministry. Uh, John takes us back into eternity. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's his nativity, his nativity text. But Matthew and Luke tell the story and provide us the, the incredible impact points, uh, the words of promise that were given uh, in that night and in those days that followed when heaven broke in and God spoke to our world and said, I bring you good news. Uh, those impact points are incredibly profound. The reading earlier uh, gave that wonderful benediction from Romans 15 where Paul uh, puts together this idea that God is a God of hope. Uh, he's also a God who, uh, with all joy and peace, uh, brings us exactly what we need for the living of life. Hope, joy, peace. We're going to look particularly at peace in a few minutes. But these are the wonderful inbreaking words of promise that are dropped into our world. And you think just about those three words, peace, hope, joy. How many people do you know, and maybe my, those of us here would say, uh, there, there's, a, there's a deep, deep hunger, deep, deep down for people to find peace. There's a deep down hunger for people to somehow in this crazy world of ours, what is the hope? There's also this wrestling with what is joy? I mean, what is that even in the first place? We'll, we'll unpack that in a bit. Um, I've been thinking recently about um, the, the deepest problem of our world. And I want to give you a little bit of a uh, thing that I've, I've come up with. Um, it's nine words, and, and this is my definition of the deepest problem in our world today. And it's simply this. We keep shopping for milk in a hardware store. Now, you probably say, I didn't come to church this morning to hear something like that. I don't even have any foggy idea what you're talking about. But just stay with me. We keep looking for milk. We keep shopping for milk in a hardware store simply as a way of saying that we as a, as a humankind are looking for the right things. But we're looking for them in all the wrong places. It's like shopping for milk in a hardware store. We're looking for the right things, and the right things are meaning and purpose and joy and hope and acceptance and belonging and love. 
It's as if our world is a kind of huge chorus singing the U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. That's because we keep going back to the hardware store to find the right things, but that, that store, that marketplace will never provide the things we're looking for. Yet we keep going back. We go back again and again. We keep looking, shopping for milk in a hardware store. When you stop and think about the Christmas story and the message that is the inbreaking good news, and Luke chapter 2, verse uh, 9, 10, 11, uh, provides us the joy promise. Um, it, it provides us this perspective on joy, but I want to simply indicate that, that around that are the other messages, because immediately following that is glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Then later we find Mary and Joseph in the temple, and they're with Simeon, And Simeon speaks of hope. My eyes have seen the salvation, the glory of God. Uh, This matter of light for revelation to the Gentiles, to the nations, and for glory to your people Israel, there is hope. And these three dimensions of peace, hope, and joy are promised to us in the birth of Christ and in the life of Christ. And there are people in our world hungry for these things. Where do I find peace? We tend to think we'll find peace in this experience or that experience or we'll find peace in some kind of calmness regimen. Uh, We'll find peace in some kind of whatever. And we go and we shop for it. We don't find it. It it doesn't last. Jesus would later say, uh, "Peace, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. There is a brand of peace the world gives. Hope. People are looking for hope. They're looking for some sense of a, an anchor of hope, some deep abiding hope, some, not just a, a kind of I hope things work out, but some kind of if everything devolves, what then? They're looking for an ultimate hope. And so we look for hope in the eyes of leaders and politicians and leaders in the world, and we look for hope perhaps for someone to come riding in on a white horse to save the day. We wonder where is hope going to come from, and then joy. Uh, for a lot of people, joy is uh, simply maybe an upgraded version of happiness. And, you know, we, we think, well, I'll find my joy in this experience, that experience, what I own, what I do, what I have, the clothes I wear, the job I have, the, you know, the income I have. And, and we, we tend to sort of upgrade uh, happiness to maybe some deeper sense of happiness that maybe lasts a bit longer than the hit we get through happiness. Happiness has to do, by the way, with what happens. So happiness is circumstantial, and we find happiness where you'd expect to find it. Good job, got a good income, got a relatively nice family, I'm happy. In a week's time, you'll open some gifts, and you'll be, open that gift, and you'll be happy. But what happens the next day, or the week later? Well, that wore off. Someone has said happiness is like a musical note. And a musical note is you strike the note. It's, it's a beautiful thing. You strike that note. It sustains. And then it fades. That's what happiness is. Nothing wrong with happiness. But joy, joy is something qualitatively different and distinct from all the happiness that we could imagine. But our world is looking for these things. It's hungry for these things. And the world keeps shopping for these things in the marketplace of the world. And these things of peace, hope, and joy cannot be found. 
in our world. And so the message of joy comes in Luke chapter 2. The angels appear to the shepherds and say this, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It's an astounding statement. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ. He is the Lord. This is one of the most well-known Christmas declarations. When you read it slowly and you read it carefully, it, it causes your heart to sort of skip and maybe pick up a pace or two because you, if you stop and think about it and repeat it over and over again, you realize this is astounding. That in the birth of a child, there is good news that brings great joy. It's for all the people. It's for the entire world. That in this moment, in a little city of Bethlehem, David, the city of David, there is born one who is a Savior, one who has come to deal with our sin. There is a one who's appointed and anointed of God, the Messiah. There's also the Lord, the Lord of all of life, all of the world. In this moment, and the angel says, this is a message of great joy. So, when we think about joy, we need to simply note these two things. Number one, I've already said this, joy is not found in where you are right now or in what you do right now or in what you have or what you presently are pursuing. If a joy was a matter of these things, there would be people in lab coats everywhere in the Western world doing research on our bliss (laughs) because we have a lot. We have much. We are blessed abundantly. And you would think, well, of all the people on the planet, we should be the most joyful. But joy is not a matter of these things. Yet we conduct these risky experiments. We go into hardware stores. We think we're going to find there what we're looking for, the marketplace of the world, and we never find it. This is the game that we play. I can find peace, hope, and joy in my world, because these things are a matter of the right conditions on the outside of my life. But what happens? We, we do this thing. We, we go out and we taste this. We chase after this. We pursue this or that. And at the end of the pursuit and the chase, we realize that that didn't do it. What's, what's wrong with me? I'll have to go on another chase. And we do it, and we don't find the things we're looking for. The common trap is this externally-based living where we think all of these things are peace, and hope and joy are going to come from the outside in. And the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is that it's not an outside in, it's an inside out. It is receiving the gift of Christ and realizing and really confronting what Martin Luther said many years ago. He said, everything around us tends to make us shallow and live the outer life. We tend to sort of just keep things on the outside and think all these outside things are going to be the answer. No. The answer is not on the outside. The answer is a gift that has been given to be received, and that gift is the person of Christ. So joy is not found in where you are, what you do, what you have. But the second thing to note is that joy is found in who He is. That is where true joy is found. And here again, um, we have to just remind ourselves that the angel said today, the forgiver of your sin, your Savior, the fulfiller of God's promise, your Messiah, and the one who is the focus for a resilient faith, your Lord, is born to you. 
It's a gift given from heaven to you. And the message is receive it. So you, you think about joy, and here's where I think we struggle with defining joy. Well, then what really is this joy? Uh, C.S. Lewis said that, that and I don't know if this is helpful, it did not help me much, but he said, uh, joy is the serious business of heaven. Okay, that's an, that's an interesting take. Serious business of heaven is joy. Uh, Karl Barth, a theologian of a previous generation, had an amazing kind of way to state joy. He said, joy is our defiant nevertheless. That's interesting. Because that's his way of saying joy is something that is so deep and so anchored and so foundation that it causes us to look at life with a kind of defiant nevertheless. That is, anything can happen to me and there will still be in the deep recesses of my soul this quality of joy. Now, I think Paul, a number of decades after the ministry of Jesus, was reflecting this. If you read 2 Corinthians 7, he talks about all the things that he's gone through in his service for Christ, in his mission in the world. And he says this, In all of my troubles, my joy knows no bounds. Now, that's a bit crazy. You stop and think about it. Wait, Paul, you're putting together a whole boatload of troubles... And then you're telling us in, in all of these things, your joy knows no bounds. How's that possible? And here's where the definition of joy, um, and I think the definition I love is the definition of St. John of the Cross. St. John of the Cross said this, and it's sort of the background to this is that someone has said, if, if, if hope is hearing the music of the future, then joy is our dance to it now. There's something inside of us that allows us to, to find a deep inner contentment and delight regardless of what's going on around us. And St. John of the Cross said this, Joy is the dance of the heart that certain things are true and eternal and unshakable. So there's an element in which uh, you might think, well, is joy simply an emotional state higher than happiness? Uh, no, it's an inner contentment based on deep inner convictions. That's what I think joy really is. It's this inner well-being that allows us in whatever happens around us to say, even though I am surrounded by troubles, there is within my heart a joy, an inner conviction, contentment, that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt there are certain things that are eternal, unshakable, and they're true. That's what I think Paul is expressing there. So we don't get any kind of free detour around problems, trouble. When we come to faith, we follow Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, we don't get detours. But we do get a tour through them. Because Christ is in us. Christ is with us. He is the forgiver of our sins. He is the fulfillment of the promise of God. He is the one who is the focus for a resilient future. He is Lord of all, therefore I can trust Him with my life, whatever may happen. And that's why it's possible to rejoice always. 
And so as we think of joy, these two notes, I want to now just give us in conclusion um, some refreshers. Because here's, what, here's what's happening in the gospel record, is that Christmas is our opportunity to hear the good news of the gift that has been given, the indescribable gift of Christ, Jesus, Savior, the Lord. He entered human history. The infinite one became an infant. It's been said that this is the one story that is a richest to rag story. Jesus left heaven, came into this world. He dwelt among us. But at Christmas, we, we find ourselves looking at the gift. What then happens in the life ministry teaching of Jesus is that that gift gets unwrapped. And it's when the gift gets unwrapped and we read through the Gospels that we realize why it is great joy that Christ came for us. So let's consider the following. Just a few points. When we ask the question, how do we find life and true fulfillment in a world that overpromises and underdelivers, the message of heaven is, I bring you good news of great joy. Jesus was born to bring you life and bring it more abundantly. He said, I'm your bread, I'm your water. Drink of me, feed from me. To fully satisfy the deepest soul hunger and thirst of your life, come to me. I bring you good news of great joy. In a world where overpromises underdelivers, when we ponder, how do we discover true love and genuine intimacy? in a world that loves on the basis of conditions and terms? Where do you find true acceptance and belonging and love? I bring you good news of great joy. Jesus was born to you and to us, and He came to be, as He said, our good shepherd. And He knows your name, and He knows your needs. And He lets you know how much you're loved by Him and by God through the ultimate sacrifice of His own life on the cross. The good shepherd became the great shepherd of the sheep. When we wrestle with how do I find peace and safety in a world that seems increasingly insecure and unsafe, I bring you good news of great joy. Jesus was born to you, and His promise is to give you His peace if you will but receive it. The promise of His presence infusing your every day with courage and confidence because of the fully adequate resources of God. I had a friend in Calgary who was a business owner, and uh, he, he uh, told me the story one day that he started a business, and uh, the business had a funny name. Uh, he said, my business was called Adequate Resources. And I said, why did you name it that? He says, I believe, he said, my, my definition of peace, the peace of God, is the peace of God is the possession of adequate resources. All the resources we need are provided for us. Now, you're at peace, I know, when... You look at your bank account and you know your bank account's in the black. Don't you sleep differently? That's sort of a low-grade kind of illustration, but you do sleep differently. When you go to sleep and your bank account's in the red, you don't sleep as well. Why? You don't have the possession of adequate resources. We have all the resources we need in Christ to live life. That's, great, that's, that's news of great joy. When we wonder how do we navigate our lives in a world where right and wrong is being shoved aside and confusing ideologies begin to claim the stage. What do we do? I bring you good news of great joy. 
Jesus was born to you and boldly claimed to be the truth, the way, the life, literally the true and living way, and to live life as it was intended by our Creator. He came to be that way and truth and life that leads us to the Father's heart and to our eternal home. And so when the world wobbles in all of its grip in terms of truth, we can come to the one named Jesus and say, Jesus, you are my truth. That's good news of great joy. And when we ask, how do we find truth and justice in a world of evil and suffering? I bring you good news of great joy. Jesus was born to you and he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is and who was and who is to come. He is the Almighty. He is the one who will ultimately deal with and balance all of the scales of justice ultimately. We can rest in that. That's good news of great joy. And when we inquire, how do we find power to live in a world that overwhelms us and so often saps our strength, I bring you good news of great joy. As that gift of the child was unwrapped through the ministry of Jesus, Jesus simply says to us, I want to tell you, I am your true vine. You are my branches. Abide in me. And as you abide in me, you will have life. You will bear much fruit. My joy will be in you. That's good news of great joy. And when we ponder how do we find direction and purpose in a world that seemingly has no direction, I bring you good news of great joy. Jesus was born to you and came to invite you to follow Him and know Him as the light of your world. There's no reason for my life or your life to wander or wonder about ultimate matters of purpose, direction, or meaning. Once again, we can look for those things in all the wrong places. We can go into the hardware store and think we're going to find there what we want for our souls in terms of direction and purpose. Jesus said, I'm your light. Follow me. Follow me. And then finally, how do, when we struggle with how do we find solid hope and clear vision in a world that is so uncertain and ambiguous, I bring you good news of great joy. Jesus was born to you, and he came to be your resurrection and your life. And because of his victory over the grave, we have no reason to fear the future as we place all of our weight on his trustworthiness. Just some refreshers as to why this is such a message of great joy. In the birth, but also the life, ministry, teaching, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, it's all gathered together. And in that message of Jesus is peace, is hope, is joy. And, and we all need a refresher on that. Because I can tell you, if you're like me, I can, on Monday morning, think, well, you know, my needs and wants, what do I really want, what do I really need, and I can go over here, go over here, go after this, pursue this, and think, that's going to satisfy my soul. That's going to give me more calmness and peace. That's going to give me a little bit more hope in life. If I simply follow this person or that person, this is going to give me joy if I experience this or chase after that. And I need reminding that the good news of great joy for all people is found in who He is and learning to trust Him. Because on that night, a wondrous gift was given. And the story of Jesus' life is where the wrappings removed and the full extent of the good news is displayed. And the life impact deep in our souls is great joy. 
this gift of true well-being, fullness, inner contentment in the presence of one who loves us with an everlasting love. So two things I want to leave you with. Number one, if these days you find yourself searching for peace, hope, joy, with all due respect and kindness, can I just urge you, stop shopping for milk in the hardware store. (laughs) Uh, You're not going to find those things that you deeply, deeply yearn for and need in the marketplace of the world, in the vanity fairs of our world. It can't be found. The God of heaven, the God of all creation, sent His Son into our world to heal the brokenness that is so endemic to everything in creation in our world. Pursue Him. Seek Him. Take some time in the Gospels to read further about the wonder of this one named Jesus. He's the gift given. Uh, explore the gift and, and keep your eyes open, your ears open, your heart open, your mind open and, and allow Jesus in terms of how, who He truly was and who He truly is to meet you at the point of your need. The second thing I'd leave you with is that if you're ever asked, because as we journey, sometimes people observe us. Uh, Peter said in in 1 Peter 3, he said, uh, uh, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in you. So here's the second thing for those of us here. And when someone comes and, and maybe they'll say to you, how is it that you seem to have peace? In what you're going through right now, how is, it, how is that possible? I, I observe you and you seem to have peacefulness, a peace deep down in you. How is it you have hope when some things have fallen apart in your life? How is it that there is a joy that I sense in you? Be ready to answer, and maybe your answer could be this. You could say to them, uh, just tell them, I, I have been learning in my life to stop shopping for milk in the hardware store. Uh, I've learned, and I'm still learning, that that isn't where the answers are. The answers are in my relationship with the one named Jesus, who came to the city of David, the town of Bethlehem, 2,000 years ago, and He was born to me, and He was born to you. He came for me, He came for you. And that's where the good news of great joy is housed for me. That's where the good news of great hope and peace is. And that's the reason. It's not me. I'm not the creator of my joy. I'm not the creator of my peace or my hope. It is all given to me as a gift. And I've received it. And I'd urge you to receive the same gift. So this fresh reminder on joy, this refresher on joy, has been brought to you by Dr. Luke in the Gospel of Luke, and uh, passed on to you by Erickson Covenant Church during the season of Making Christmas Fresh. Next week, fresh contemplation. Looking forward to that. That's going to be good. So let me pray for us, and the team's going to come, and we're going to sing together uh, that great carol, A Little Town of Bethlehem. But let me pray for us as they come. Heavenly Father, we thank you this day for your indescribable gift that you have given for us and to us in your Son, the Lord Jesus.
In this season of giving, we will have the opportunity to share with one another the gifts of our own hearts and our own lives and our own resources to others. And in that, we give a small little indication how blessed it is to give. And Father, we thank you that this Christmas season, as we think of your heart, you live that, that you were blessed in the giving of your Son, the Lord Jesus, for us. And you've given us the greatest gift of all. May this season be one of refreshment in our souls, our minds, about what that truly means at the deep deep recesses of our souls, our lives, our families, our relationships. It's the news that changes everything as we receive it and as we live it. So may we receive it, may we live it, and in this find fresh joy for this time of year as we celebrate your birth, your life, your ministry, and all that you've done for us and finished for us forever. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information, or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.